You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Hey, Bible students. In this video, we would like to consider Bible students and life eternal. How is it that Bible students are linked to eternal life? Does it mean, for instance, that all you have to do is just read the Bible and ask a few questions and look for a few answers and you will gain eternal life? I don't think so, because really a Bible student could only believe what he finds in the Bible and what's taught there. So for instance, in John 17, verse 3, we have the Lord Jesus Christ speaking just prior to his death, his crucifixion. He said in a prayer to God, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, you can see the challenge in that, Bible students, that what God expects of us is to know him and to know his son. Well, the only way we could really say we know them is we both them and we understand them and uh, we, we seek them because we've come to love them for what we've read and understood. And, and we see the idea of this verse teaching us that this is eternal life to know them then that's something that we probably would not associate with immediately. How is it that, that eternal life is, is found uh, bound up in just knowing God? Well, that's because there's a lot involved in knowing God. You see, students of the Bible know their God by what the Bible says that means. Look at this one. And this is only part of what this psalm is. You know, it's a long psalm, Psalm 119, verses 15 to 16. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Now, that's just, you know, just two verses. That's all we could get on the screen at one time. There's a lot more there. But look at what it does say. It's telling us that a Bible student will meditate and will contemplate. Well, Who's got time for meditation and contemplation? Like Life is so busy today. And then that distraction of the cell phone. If we have any time where it's, we're just down for a bit, we usually get a cell phone and look at what's going on in the world, what our friends are saying, who wants to know. You see, meditation is getting to be precious. But that's what a Bible student would do. He would meditate on what he's reading because the Bible is full of thoughts which cause us to meditate and to contemplate the ways of God. But then you see, it goes on to say, I will delight myself in your statutes. Well, delighting ourselves in something means that that's what we would likely do. That's what we want to do. So it illustrates that we have tasted something and we have enjoyed the taste and we want more. And then it goes on to say, I will not forget your word. So having done that, we certainly remember it and allow it to influence us. That's the idea of knowing our God. It also says that they walk with their God. 
See, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does Yahweh, or the Lord, require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. That's what knowing God is like. If we know God is a God that looking for righteousness and judgment, and a God that loves mercy, then that should be part of our life. That's what loving God is, is to do things that he illustrates to us. And to humbly walk with your God means that we are readily influenced by what he says, to change our behavior if need be, to comply with what his word has to say. You see, Bible students are being sanctified by God's truth. So by the very fact of reading his word and meditating and contemplating it, we are being set apart. That's what sanctification is. It means you're set apart by God's truth. So in that same prayer in John 17, when Jesus prayed to God in verse 16, talking about his disciples, he says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So you can see that what the world does to us and what God does to us are very opposite things. So the disciples are not of the world. That's not their one ambition to go out and see how much money they can make, to see how, you know, chance is it may be going to reward them that day by going to a place of chance. No, it's being sanctified by his word. The truth of God's word is what separates them. We, we see that word and the truthfulness of it. We want to cling to it. We don't want to be pulled this way and that way. We want to cling on to what God has shown to us and believe it. So, were sanctified by his truth. And then, you see, when it comes to a time when we really need God's word, they appeal to his law and his testimony. Now look at this and how clearly this is stated in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19 and 20. When they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead? On behalf of the living, to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now, that's quite a statement because, you see, it allows us to, to evaluate what other people are saying, whether we're reading it or whether we're listening to it, whether we're watching the process. If they don't speak according to the law and the testimony of God's word, it's because there's no light in them. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to walk behind or go and further investigate to the law and to the testimony. What is written? And the beauty of God's word is that that was there for every single generation since God gave those words. So that God's word doesn't change. And that's one of the beauties of it that we can take uh, and be our, make our confidence in God and base our life on God's word because it's not going to change tomorrow. So we appeal to what God has done. And Jesus, again, illustrating this, illustrated that we need to, from time to time, renounce our own will. 
like we have a desire to do something, but God's word tells us, don't, don't do that. Or we're not doing something that our mind's saying you should do it. And God is saying, get busy, get the work done. But that's to elevate God's will over our own will. So in Luke 22, again, referring to the garden uh, of Gethsemane, when Jesus was really sweating over what he had to face. It says in verse 41, as he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, so Bible students will have this, you see, in their minds. And they will know that there are times when their own mind wants them to do something, where they're being enticed by what they're seeing. But God's will, because they've stored his will, they've stored the knowledge of his word in their mind, tells them, don't do that. So they will renounce their own will and elevate God's will at that time of decision. That's what Bible students do. No wonder the reward for Bible students is the greatest reward that anyone could give is eternal life. So they live the truth. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine or the teaching. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So it's not a matter of being once saved, always saved. It's a matter of continuing in the things that God has called us to, to walking and living the truth, to taking heed to it, both in our teaching and in the things that we do in our life. That's what God expects of a Bible student. Now, Bible students do not add to God's word. And we would like to talk about this more and expand this a little bit in, in later videos, because this is a very significant point. In Revelation 22, verse 18, Jesus made it very clear. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Well, hopefully by the time we've got to Revelation, we know what those plagues are. And we certainly would not want those plagues in our life. So don't add to God's word. But you see, it's subtly done at times. We don't really recognize what we're doing. Sometimes we can we tell ourselves something that isn't true. We can interpret a Bible passage away that makes it ineffective. So this is a significant point that I say we have to deal with in another video as well. It also, we look at another part of the same statement that Jesus made in Revelation. Bible students do not delete part of God's word. In Revelation 22, verse 19, it says, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Well, that's the whole reason why we're following God's word is because he's offered us eternal life. So to take away, and you know, if you want an example of that right away, it's for people who do not believe that the first, say, uh, 11 chapters of the Bible are really God's literal teaching, but that there's some kind of a myth. Now, you don't take away parts of God's word like that. And if you do, he says, 
he'll take away your name out of the book of life. Well, that would be a very sensitive issue for a Bible student, maybe not for those who are not Bible students. We really care to have our name written in the book of life. So the reward that God has offered us and that the Lord Jesus Christ has talked about is that this reward is imminent. Well, how imminent? Because you see, people have thought this ever since it was stated in the book of Revelation. Well, look at it. Revelation chapter 11, verse 18, the nations were angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. So if you think about this, if you meditate over this a little, you can see that God's talking about the life of many, many thousands, millions possibly of people who have died as Bible students, not rewarded. What's the reward? Well, the reward will happen when Jesus returns and he raises them from the dead. The time of the dead, that they should be judged. So we have to raise them from the dead for them to be judged. So this is imminent, you see, because it's as soon as we die, the next conscious thought will be resurrection. Or as we're seeing in the world today, it seems like the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to happen quite soon by what we see happening in Europe and the war in the Ukraine and various, well, a number of other things that are happening in the world at the same time. As he says, he should destroy those who are destroying the earth. Bible students, God offers us eternal life. Don't turn it down. Continue to study his word. And until the next video, may God bless you in that study of his word. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.